0: My name is Matthew Becker. As the owner of a fitness facility and an attorney, I have a lot of things that I need to get done in a day. I've spent the last few years developing strategies that allow me to constantly move forward while also living the best life that I can live. On this podcast, I share those strategies with you along with other thoughts and ideas that allow you to live your best life through the concept of the aggregation of marginal gains. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Stronger Revolution. I'm Matthew Becker, once again, here by myself, getting a little bit tired of just hearing myself talk all the time. So I think in the next couple of episodes, I'm going to have to make an extra special effort to get my co-host back on the podcast, Adam Cronbush, But in the meantime, it's still me. Adam's out today doing some things in his life, so... We are going to move on today from the topic that we've been covering for the last four episodes, which, in case you missed those four episodes, was talking about forming good habits and getting rid of bad habits. It's into the new year of 2021, and usually at the start of each new year, I start to reflect on various lessons and guiding principles that I've learned or adopted or consumed over the last few years as i sit down and start to think about what it is that i want to do in the coming year and these aren't like new year's resolutions or anything like that but always just a quick reflection or double checking or reevaluation of what it is that i look at as my guiding principles and what it is that i'm consuming as far as content whether that's reading or listening to and how my guiding principles and views and opinions and and beliefs have changed based on the additional content that I've read in the years past from the previous years from that. Now ideally I would love to be able to sit down and read some new book and have the time to also like hand write out some outlines for every book that I read. However, I don't get an opportunity to do that because it's often that, one, I'm crunching in reading time right before I go to bed, or I think, as I've mentioned in the past, I do a lot of listening to my books because I can listen to books in times that would usually sort of be dead time or downtime, like driving in a car or walking the dog or making dinner, times that I can't really be doing anything else. Um, So I try to use that time to listen to books, to come up with new concepts or new ideas or better myself in some way, shape or form, and what could probably be generally categorized as some sort of self-help or betterment books. Moving everything back around to Stoicism, uh, the Stoics say that wisdom any wisdom, sir. First, wisdom is one of the great virtues that we should all be striving to gain more wisdom um, because that ultimately helps us lead to the questions of how to live a good life, uh, which is living in accordance with nature, which is following the virtues, one virtue of which is wisdom and, and increasing our own understanding and intelligence. That got off on a side tangent there. My apologies. But they say that all of the wisdom that you need to know is out there. majority of the wisdom that you probably need to know has been written down. Therefore, a truly intelligent or wise person spends quality time going to books and other resources in an effort to try to gain knowledge from those who have put down that knowledge in the past. However, they also say that this can become a slippery slope in the sense that you then over consume new information that if you're always trying to read one book or listen to a book or absorb some kind of content in order to learn a lesson. Fast enough that you can just turn around and read another book, and then you read another book, and another book, and another book. You never actually sit down and take the time to form any kind of guiding principles. All you do is just consume more information and eventually become addicted to consuming more information and not actually ever processing any of the information. So, in an effort to try to balance these two ideas together, usually around the start of the year, and it's been more so this year than it has been in past years, I like to try to sit down and think through or create sort of like the list of my books that I think are good to consume more than once Because when I read them or listened to them the first time, because as I just said, I don't have the time and availability to sit down and outline this information, but I had found that the information within those books was particularly helpful to my life. So one of my goals in 2021 is to actually create a list. And the way that I envision this list is there's 12 months in the year and it takes me approximately a month and a half to two months to really, if I'm going to read a book, it takes me about two months to get through a book. Um, If I'm going to listen to a book, then it usually takes me about two to three weeks. So to come up with somewhere around like six to eight books that I could just sort of consume on a repeated basis. So I'm always coming around and refreshing that information in my head. One of the books that is going to be first on this list or the list that I'd already started that is first on the list is How to Win Friends and Influence People. That is a book by Dale Carnegie. And oftentimes when somebody comes to me and they say, hey, what book should I read so that I can start to gather and understand some of this self-help and betterment information and and some of the information that's going to help me lead most to something like the aggregation of marginal gains, I will often say, go out and get Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. If anybody's trying to start a business, which is ultimately going to end up in some kind of a sales position, go out and buy the book How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale, Dale Carnegie. Because lesson number one Of that book is never criticize condemn or complain I try very hard because of this book to never criticize and it is very difficult at times not to criticize people but I understand that my criticism oftentimes can hurt people very rarely ever changes anybody and I know how it feels to have criticism being brought back toward me. It is a nature, I think, of owning a small business, um, being accessible to the people who pay me money, but everybody ends up dealing with some kind of criticism in their life. Uh, But criticism is something that I deal with not always very well on a daily basis. And I would imagine that a lot of people that I talk to also have to deal with criticism and so that ends up being the topic that I want to cover today is understanding that a lot of people probably have a difficult time handling criticism. I want to give you guys like three different tactics that you can apply when receiving criticism to help you actually turn criticism around and use it in order to try to better yourself. Now, sometimes criticism comes at us with the fullest intent by the person who is saying it to break you down, to hurt you, or to bully you into some sort of submission, oftentimes in order to force you to either take on an action or develop a point of view or make a decision that the person who is criticizing you wants you to do or take or make. Sometimes or oftentimes, this intent, can be masked under the cover of something that's often called constructive criticism. As a slightly skeptical, perhaps nihilistic individual, I will say that in its true nature, constructive criticism is nothing more than criticism said with a smile on your face. Doing some of the background reading that I was looking around for in order to help deliver a better message during this show, it seems like others out there don't have quite such a negative opinion as I do against criticism, and they believe that there is a difference between criticism and constructive criticism, constructive criticism being more geared toward actually bettering you than regular criticism. However, what I hope to put forth in this episode is that really both types derived probably from the same place, can be interpreted the same way, and provide the same opportunity for growth if you accept criticism and you direct your energy toward that criticism in the same way. So I think regardless of the type of criticism that you receive, whether it is just negative criticism all out down trying to hurt you or constructive criticism in an effort to try to gracefully insult you or not hurt your feelings while telling you you're doing something wrong, criticism in general can still hurt and leave you questioning all that you do. Whether it's the decisions that you make or the actions that you take or a new business adventure, or a new job, or something that you just did, criticism, regardless of the type, can further or or, or can inevitably end up hurting. It can cause you to second-guess everything you do. It can come back around to haunt you in the future. It can cause a lot of fear and anxiety. So how do we deal with it? Again, as I said a few moments ago at the beginning of this episode, This is something that I'm trying really hard to do. Uh, 2020 just happened to open up itself to a lot of opportunities to criticize. Um, And uh, I'm not sitting here as a victim saying I felt like I, I received an overabundance of criticism in, in 2020 because of the types of decisions that I had to make around a business that was either functioning or not functioning or not functioning the way that people thought it was supposed to be functioning all within COVID-19, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just saying that in 2020, it opened up to a, a lot of opportunity for criticism. So as I came through 2020 and then into 2021, I was, I've, been, I've been really trying to hone my ability to take on the next three views or tactics or steps about facing criticism that I'm going to share with you in an effort to try to turn criticism around, turn that frown upside down, and use it as an opportunity to move forward instead of allowing it to cause a roadblock. So number one, the number one way To deal with criticism. Actually, I take the back. It's not the number one way. It's just the first way that I'm going to list in order to deal with criticism. So the first way is to simply recognize that criticism is nothing more than somebody else's opinion directed at you. That's it. It's just that person's opinion. And an opinion is nothing more than a belief. And a belief is something that is not a fact and is not necessarily true. Let that sink in for a second. An opinion is something that is not fact and is not true. If it were a fact or if it were true, it is not an opinion. And if somebody comes to you and quote unquote criticizes you, but I'm just I'm just going to use that term for a moment incorrectly, with a statement that is a fact, that let's say that you did something wrong, and it's a provable fact, then you have to accept that they are right and you did something wrong and you have to move on from it and you have to learn from it in an effort that you don't repeat it. And if it still hurts knowing that you did something wrong or if you continue to do it because even though you did it wrong and it's a fact that you did it wrong, and you continue to repeat it, then that's nothing more than your ego getting in the way that you just can't accept the fact that you did something wrong. Otherwise, somebody's criticism of you, whether it's negative criticism or constructive criticism, it doesn't matter, is nothing more than their opinion. You decide whether or not you agree with it. If a coworker comes to you and says, hey Mike, You shouldn't have done that because that was the wrong move. Okay, based on what? Is it true that that was the wrong move or is that just this guy's opinion that it's the wrong move? And does he have any background or basis for even forming this opinion beyond the fact that he thinks he would have done something differently? So in order to deal with first, the first tactic to deal with criticism is to understand that it is nothing more than their opinion. And now you get the choice because the choice that you make is ultimately the thing that you have control over. You get to choose whether or not you agree or you disagree. And if you agree, okay, great. Now you have an opportunity to grow and change and learn, etc., etc., Become 1% better. If you disagree, then don't let it bother you. Move on. It shouldn't bother you if you disagree because you know that he's wrong. Or you believe he's wrong. The second way of dealing with criticism is to understand that the actual words that are spoken in the criticism are not inherently bad or mean. This one gets a little bit highbrow, and I want you to sit down. And I want you to think about it for a second, because chances are somebody's going to hear this, and they're going to want to argue with me, even though I'm on audio right now. You can't argue with me. You're going to want to argue with me that something that somebody says to you can be inherently bad. What I'm going to tell you is no. Whatever statement that somebody makes at you, whatever happens to you in life, whenever you get fired from a job, these things are not inherently by their nature bad. It is your judgment of these things that happen to you that they are bad that actually makes them bad. Let's take firing from a job for an example. All right, so you get fired from a job and you're like, oh, this is the worst thing that happened. This is such a bad thing that happened to me. This is the end of my life. No, it's not. There are countless arguments out there, countless opportunities out there where you could see that somebody got fired from a job today thinking it was the worst thing in the world, only to talk to that person a year or two years down the line and to have them flip it around and say, actually, now that I see it, being fired was the best thing that ever happened to me. That job was the worst thing in the world that ever happened. It was such a bad job. Well, actually, in reality, I only got this really awesome job right now because of the experience that I gained in the job that I thought was a really bad job. You think it's a bad job. It's not inherently a bad job. Somebody telling you, let's say, that you work too much. Maybe something from a friend or a spouse. You know, I've said before, like people tell me, oh, you need to relax. I take that as a bad criticism because I'm interpreting it as being bad. The statement, you work too much, as compared to what? In relation to what? Out of danger of what happening? The statement in and of itself is not a good or bad or wrong or right or mean statement. So keep in mind that when somebody criticizes you, if you get all upset about it and you're like, oh, that person's so mean. I can't believe they said that to me. That's your judgment of what it is that they said to you, right? It's a neutral statement. So knowing that it is your judgment you can then start to say, well, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not going to judge that as a bad statement. I'm simply going to judge that as an opportunity to now recognize the assumptions that I make and try to look at your criticism from a neutral, unbiased standpoint and use it as an opportunity to reflect, to determine whether, is there, whether there's even any truth to your criticism, Or whether it's completely off basis and I'm just going to ignore it. Number three. If the criticism does sting, it isn't because the words themselves stung. Go back to number two. My argument is if criticism stings, it's because the criticism brought to light something within you that you already believed to be true about yourself and you don't like. If somebody criticizes a decision that you make and it upsets you and you honestly reflect on it, I'm willing to bet it's because you were on the fence about making the decision to begin with. Let's take the example of like this. I I was sitting down. I was like, what is a good example of this? What's a good example of this? And I tried to come up with like the most applicable example that I don't know, just like wouldn't be insulting or, or. you know, is is like the most neutral, but it's probably going to hit home like with a lot of people or potentially a lot of people. And that would be a spouse coming up to you and saying, you really shouldn't have dessert again. You're getting too fat. Mm. Now, some of you hopefully listening to this be like, I would never say that to my spouse. I would never say that to my loved one. But I can tell you that it happens. There are spouses out there who think that that is constructive, who think that it is going to Put you into a better spot by telling you, you probably shouldn't have that dessert anymore. You're getting a little pudgy. All right? And I'm also willing to bet that regardless of who receives that criticism, that is going to sting. All right? That's going to hurt. You are instantly going to be mad at yourself, mad at that person, and like, fine, I'm just not going to eat any dessert. Fine, I'm going to start running three miles every day. We'll see how you like it. right? We get very vindictive. We want to fight back against it. If you're very honest with yourself, I'm willing to bet that that criticism of you shouldn't eat some dessert, probably because you already think you shouldn't be eating that dessert, but you want it anyway, and the criticism of you're getting a little fat, that probably stings because chances are you were looking in the mirror last night and yeah, you kind of agree, all right. And you're just mad because this person pointed it out take ultimate responsibility for yourself and understand that the criticism that's coming at you probably stings because you also agree. And what this does is this provides you an opportunity now to self reflect and then improve your life. Criticism is going to spark the self reflection. Self reflection often reveals things that we may already be questioning inside. Those questions then spark a need to change and change can often cause fear and fear is going to cause defensiveness. So loop it back. You're defensive because you're afraid that you're going to have to change. You're afraid you have to change because you don't like something about yourself which is really hard to admit to yourself but now that other person is pointing it out to you and you inherently think that's bad and you're going to get mad about it. You see how all this loops back around together because. Of criticism. But if you're honest with yourself, and that's a big step. If you're honest with yourself, you're going to see that, yeah, all right, maybe there's a little bit of truth in that. Even though that's that person's opinion, maybe I agree. And now you have two options. If you agree, you can either shut down, which is oftentimes what happens because we receive criticism and it stings and we put up a wall, and we shut down, and that criticism becomes a roadblock. Or, like any other adversity, you can look at at criticism from a neutral standpoint of a statement that's coming at you to reveal something about yourself that provides you an opportunity to grow, or provides validation that you're already doing what it is that you need to be doing if you don't agree with the criticism. I'm infamous for doing this, and what I mean by that is when a decision comes about that I have to make, if I'm on the fence about it, I'll start talking to a whole bunch of people. I'll be like, nah, give me your opinion, nah, give me your opinion, All right, nah, I want your opinion about what the proper decision is to be made, and I'll hem and haw and hem and haw. Even though I'm the person who did an earlier episode on how to make decisions, I still hem and haw a lot of times about big decisions. And then I'll make the decision, and somebody will come back and criticize the decision that I made. Whether it's my wife, whether it's a friend, whether it's a member, whether it's somebody I don't even know, and they make a they make a criticism. Or they bring me a criticism about that decision. And I get real mad about. It. I'm like, God, don't criticize me again because of the decision that I made. And the problem is not that they criticize me for making the decision that's some way, in shape or form, inherently bad. It's because. I was already questioning the decision that I made. Somebody just pointed that out to me, and that stings. So look at these three different ways of addressing and dealing with criticism. First, we're going to recognize that criticism is not fact. Criticism is not true. It's a belief that has led to an opinion from somebody else. Their opinion carries no more weight, unless you want to recognize it as because of some sort of authority. Two, the words that are being spoken in the criticism are not inherently bad. Don't judge them as being bad. They're not inherently bad. They're simply words that are providing you an opportunity to agree or disagree. Three, if the criticism stings, use it as an opportunity to self-reflect and determine does it sting because inherently I agree, and if you do inherently agree, that is then your opportunity and your sign that you need to do something to change. That change can be your one percent betterment for today. All right, let's end with a quote. I, 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 when I was doing the again the research for this, and I was looking for a quote, there were a lot of good quotes out there, and. That maybe gave me some ideas for future episodes on criticism. Um, but I wanted to stick with this sort of theme of these three ideas here with, with criticism for today. But anyway, the quote is from none other than Kanye West. I kind of thought that that was interesting to, given that usually my quotes are like by, by philosophers or really important people in history. But this one was, was Kanye West. Anyway, Kanye West, who is probably no uh, stranger to criticism, said, quote, criticism can bother you but you should be more bothered if there's no criticism. That means you're too safe." End quote. Guys, if you've got any questions on this topic or any of the other topics uh, that we cover here on the show, feel free to reach out to me, um, or you know, if you want to lay down a little bit of constructive criticism about the way that we handle the show or tell me that you'd really prefer it if I brought Adam back on the show, I agree. Uh, I'll do my best not to get upset about the criticism, but use it as an opportunity to, to grow. Otherwise, I'll be back very soon with another topic here on The Stronger Revolution. As always, thanks for listening.